Welcome to Music History Monday for May 24th, 2021. I'm Bob Greenberg, and the title for today's podcast is George Bridgetower, Louis Van Beethoven, Rodolf Kreutzer, and a Sonata for Violin. If you haven't already, please consider joining me on my subscription site at patreon.com slash robertgreenbergmusic where I blog, vlog, podcast, pontificate, review, and bloviate four to six times a week. We mark the premiere on May 24th, 1803, 218 years ago today, of Beethoven's Violin Sonata Number no. 9 in A Major, Opus 47. When published in 1805, it was dedicated to the French violinist Rodolphe Kreutzer, and has been known as the Kreutzer Sonata ever since. However, it was originally dedicated to the famed violinist George Bridgetower, who, along with Beethoven, premiered the work 218 years ago today. How and why George Bridgetower originally received and then lost the dedication of the sonata makes for quite a story. General Jean-Baptiste Jules Bernadotte (1763–1844) was an extraordinary character, the only of Napoleon Bonaparte's generals to achieve any post-Napoleonic success on his own. He reigned as King of Norway and Sweden from 1818 to 1844. Yeah, not bad for the son of a tailor from the Nowheresville city of Poe in southwestern France. In February of 1798, long before he became King of Sweden and Norway, where, by the way, he was known as Charles or Carl XIV John, the young and Hollywood good-looking Bernadotte was appointed the French minister to the Habsburg Emperor in Vienna. He didn't last long in the job. Napoleon himself referred to Bernadotte as being, quote, somewhere between hot-headed and crazy, unquote. But he lasted long enough to become friends with one Ludwig van Beethoven, 1770 to 1827. Bernadotte was a music fanatic, and among his entourage in Vienna was the famed French virtuoso violinist and composer Rodolphe Kreutzer. 1766 to 1831. Beethoven's friend, Prince Moritz Lischnowski, the younger brother of his principal patron, Prince Karl Lischnowski, introduced Beethoven to Bernadotte and Kreutzer, and the three got along famously. In April of 1798, Beethoven and Kreutzer concertized together at Prince Lobkowitz's palace in Vienna. We don't know what Kreutzer thought about Beethoven's pianism, but we do know that Beethoven was most impressed by Kreutzer and the French violin school, of which he was the contemporary exemplar. Parenthetically, I tell you that Kreutzer's impact on Beethoven went well beyond his violin playing. The French revolutionary music Kreutzer introduced to Beethoven by such composers as François-Joseph Gossec, Etienne Mael, and Kreutzer himself was heroic and monumental in its expressive impact, epic music 
that was employed in revolutionary ritual and dedicated to the very remaking of humanity. It was music that would play a profound role in Beethoven's compositional reinvention of 1802 and 1803. George Bridgetower, 1778 to 1860, was a virtuoso violinist who spent the bulk of his life in England. He was born on October 11th, 1778, in Biala Podlaska, Poland, where his father worked for Prince Hieronym Vincenti Radziwill. Bridgetower was of mixed race. His father, John Frederick Bridgetower, was from the West Indies, and his mother, Maria Anna Ursula Schmidt, was German. George's baptismal record stated that his father John was an African prince. True or not, that statement was a promotional bonanza, and Bridgetower routinely billed himself as, quote, son of the African prince, unquote. We would have thought less of him as a publicist had he not. It appears that during the 1780s, Bridgetower lived at Esterhaza, the Esterhazy family palace in Hungary, where he studied with the Esterhazy court Kapellmeister, Josef Haydn. At the age of 10, Bridgetower made his debut as a violinist at Paris's Concert Spirituel. Founded in 1725, it was among the very first public concert series to exist. From there, it was on to England, where this son of the African prince appeared at court in Windsor and then concertized in Bath and Bristol, finally making his London debut on February 19, 1790, at the Drury Lane Theatre. Just 11 years old, Bridgetower's performances at Drury Lane were noticed in high places. It was none other than the Prince Regent, the Duke of Wales, who would later rule as King George VI, who became Bridgetower's patron and underwrote his violin lessons with the great French violinist and pedagogue Francois Hippolyte Barthelemon, 1741-1808, and composition lessons with the English composer Thomas Atwood, 1765-1838. Despite his tender years, Bridgetower quickly became a respected fixture on the London concert scene. When Haydn twice visited England during the first half of the 1790s, from 1791 to 1792, and then again from 1794 to 1795, he and Bridgetower were reunited and concertized together. From 1795 to 1809, Bridgetower was the concertmaster of the Prince of Wales's private orchestra, as coveted and prestigious a violinistic position that existed in ye merry old England at the time. Hitting the road. In 1802, the 24-year-old Bridgetower obtained a leave of absence from the Prince's orchestra on the pretext of visiting his mother and brother, one Friedrich Joseph Bridgetower, a cellist by trade, who lived in Dresden. While in Dresden, which as the capital of Saxony was one of the wealthiest and most sophisticated cities in all of Europe, Bridgetower gave two concerts on July 24, 1802, 
and March 18, 1803. The concerts caused a sensation. In those days, only live performance could create a reputation, and the adult Bridge Tower had never before performed in Central Europe. Bridge Tower was showered with gifts and accolades, though nothing was more valuable than the letters of introduction he was given to the highest of aristocratic circles in Vienna, where he planned to visit after Dresden. Among those letters was one addressed to Prince Karl Alois Johann Nepomuk Vincenz Leonhard Lischnowski. The richer you were, the more names you had. Once again, Beethoven's principal patron. Lichnowski introduced Bridge Tower to Beethoven sometime early-ish in the spring of 1803. At the time, Beethoven was coming off of what had been the worst crisis of his life to date, the deep suicidal funk he experienced in October 1802 in response to his progressive hearing disability. Miraculously, Beethoven had managed to reinvent himself as a composer who would battle his fate through his music, and in doing so, walk an expressive path pretty much entirely of his own making. By the spring of 1803, while it would be a mistake to call him happy, he was indeed exploding with creative energy. It was at this moment in time that Beethoven met Bridgetower. They got along famously. Early in their relationship, Beethoven brought Bridgetower with him to a dinner party hosted by the Countess Julie Giucciardi, to whom Beethoven dedicated his piano sonata, Opus 27, Number 2, the so-called Moonlight Sonata. It was much more than just a social evening, as Beethoven introduced Bridgetower to any number of potential patrons. According to Beethoven biographer Jan Swafford, quote, the two men seem to have carousd vigorously, unquote. Not presently being able to ask Swafford what precisely constitutes a vigorous carouse, we will have to use our imaginations. It was during one of these vigorous outings that Bridgetower suggested that he and Beethoven stage a concert together on which they might perhaps even play something new by Beethoven. The B-man did not have to be asked twice. He had recently completed a violin sonata in A major, opus 30, number one, in which he had discarded and replaced its final movement. At the time he met Bridgetower, he had returned to that discarded finale and was sketching ideas that might precede it in a new sonata, in essence composing the piece Bass Ackwards. Inspired by Bridgetower's friendship, his personality, and his French school of violin playing with its emphasis on virtuosity and the variety of articulation made possible by the new Viotti bow popularized by the Paris-based Italian violinist Giovanni Battista Viotti, Beethoven worked on the sonata at top speed though it was hardly fast enough. The concert, underwritten by Prince Lichnowsky, was scheduled to take place at the Saal Algarten on May 22, 1803. But Beethoven couldn't meet that deadline, despite Bridge Tower's likely unwelcome prodding, and the concert was rescheduled for May 24th.
I briefly discussed the famous Algarton concerts in my Dr. Bob Prescribes post on April 6th of this year. The hall is still there at Ober Algartenstrasse 1 in the Leopoldstadt district of Vienna. Its great fame rests on the Morgenkonzert, the morning concerts that were held there in the late 18th and early 19th centuries. Pretty much every Viennese luminary performed there, including Mozart and Schubert. Beethoven and Bridge Tower's concert began unusually early, at 8 a.m. There was no time for rehearsals, so Bridge Tower sight-read the sonata. And there was no time to copy a violin part for the second movement. Bridge Tower read it from the score, leaning over Beethoven's shoulder. We are told that the ink on the score for the second movement was literally still wet. The piano part for the first movement was an outline only. Beethoven filled it in as they performed. In the end, none of these little speed bumps made a whit of difference. Bridge Tower and Beethoven, B and B, had a grand time together and so did the audience, writes Jan Swafford, quote, their easy camaraderie was demonstrated when, on a soaring C major arpeggio in the first movement presto, Bridge Tower answered the piano's figure with an improvised arpeggio of his own. Ordinarily, this sort of thing would have brought an explosion of wrath from Beethoven. This time, he jumped up from the piano in delight, embraced Bridge Tower, and cried, Once again, my dear boy! Unquote. Bridge Tower later described Beethoven's performance of the second movement, quote, as so chaste, which always characterized the performance of all his slow movements, that it was unanimously hailed to be repeated twice, unquote. Beethoven dedicated the sonata to Bridge Tower with the following inscription in Italian, Sonata Bulatica composto per il mulato Brischdauer, grand pazzo e compositore mulatico, meaning mulatto sonata, composed for the mulatto bridge tower, great lunatic and mulatto composer. However, when the sonata was published as Beethoven's Opus 47, it bore the following dedication composta dedicata al suo amico R. Kreutzer, composed and dedicated to his friend Rodolf Kreutzer. Yes, B&B &B had quite a falling out between the premiere of the sonata and its publication. According to Bridgetower, the issue was, quote, some silly quarrel about a girl, unquote. It seems that Bridgetower indulged in some locker room talk and said something impertinent, perhaps even off-color, about the morals of a woman that Beethoven held in some esteem. Beethoven, ever the prude, or perhaps just politically correct far ahead of his time, took great umbrage at Bridgetower's remarks, popped his top, and figuratively tossed Bridgetower off the bridge and into the drink. Beethoven removed the sonata's dedication to Bridge Tower and gave it instead to Rodolf Kreutzer. 
In a letter to his publisher, Nicholas Simrock, written in 1804, Beethoven explained things this way, quote, This Kreutzer is a kind fellow who, during his stay in Vienna, gave me a great deal of pleasure. As the sonata was written for a competent violinist, the dedication to Kreutzer is all the more appropriate, unquote. Yeah, appropriate perhaps, but completely unappreciated. Unknown to Beethoven, Kreutzer, for all his bonhomie back in 1798, didn't care a rat's rump for Beethoven's music. Despite the fact that Beethoven's dedication guaranteed his immortality, Kreutzer never performed the sonata, telling Hector Berlioz that he found the thing, quote, outrageously unintelligible, unquote. Ingrate. Conclusion. The Kreutzer Sonata, notwithstanding the rapidity with which it was composed, is generally understood to be the first great work of Beethoven's so-called heroic period. Within just days of its premiere, Beethoven was holed up in a wine grower's cottage in the Viennese suburb of Oberdobling, hard at work on his symphony number no. three, the Eroica, that single work that would change forever the role of the composer and the expressive course of Western music. Thank you. To sample and download one or all of my many courses on subjects musical produced by The Great Courses slash The Teaching Company, please visit my website at robertgreenbergmusic.com.